those movies my name is james beaver and yes i have been procrastinating i was uh, meant to be getting some guests and unfortunately due to my procrastination because i'm still in holiday mode i forgot to book guests uh, although i have a couple lined up but it's coming up to a friday and i don't have an episode so i've decided let's bring out a solo episode despite my transgressions against them I decided that I should treat myself, I should treat myself to a movie that I've not seen, I've heard good stuff about, and it involves a director that I highly respect. He's done a bunch of movies that I just generally enjoy. So I watched 1987's Bad Taste, directed by Peter Jackson, starring Peter Jackson, produced by... Pretty much everything involved in this movie had Peter Jackson's hand in it. Uh, the movie cost 25000 uh, New Zealand dollars, and it made most of his money back, but you can clearly see in the budget. But the thing is, the heart in this movie, it just shows. When it comes to these types of directors who are like born to be directors, it doesn't matter the budget. Take, for example, Sam Raimi. He directed Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead. And that was a low budget as well. Uh, But you can clearly see the love and the creative mind behind it. Showing what he can do. And then expanding it. He ended up doing the remake. Which in in my opinion is even better. And then he did the amazing Army of Darkness. He's, He's pretty much the godfather of superhero movies. Because he did the original Spider Man trilogy. Which kind of ushered in this era of comic book movies, in my opinion. Because he was kind of the first main person to get involved and just carry on. And still not have a second movie that flops or didn't do so well. Like, Batman was good. Batman Returns kind of failed because it kind of went... Tim Burton kind of went up his own arse. And then you got Batman Forever, which that would be a future episode. And of course, the less said about Batman and Robin, the better. But getting off topic, every director who have starred and have just directed these movies and then come up, you, you can always see it in their early work. Uh, so yeah, Peter Jackson, I've seen most of his work. This was, I think, the second to last thing I've not seen. Then I think the other movie I want to see is The Feebles, which is like a, a adult puppet movie. So I'm definitely wanting to check that out. I've heard some horror stories and just how gross it is but it's not easy to offend me so i think i should be ready for the feebles but that would be an episode because i don't usually do comedies it has to have something it has to be like a horror comedy or something like that so uh, we'll be right back i'm generally excited to talk about bad taste because i generally enjoyed it uh spoiler alert so be right back guys so we are back and i watched alone 1987's bad taste directed by peter jackson the budget was $25,000 and it ended up making $150,000 back. So pretty good profit margin. It's probably made more just through uh, DVDs because usually when a director gets big, his early work is re-released to like leap onto that success to try and sell more DVDs. I think I remember a friend grabbing bad taste when Lord of the Rings first came out because everyone wanted to see what else he did. And... um 
Yeah, and this movie is considered a cult classic. Uh, this one, and I believe it's called Dead Alive. It has multiple titles, so it's kind of hard to get a uh, a full name from his other movie. It's the one where the uh, monkey zombie thing bites his grandmother and she turns into a zombie. And then it ends up with him and a lawnmower going to town and a whole building of people and blood just flying everywhere. It's amazing. It's one, it's one of my favorite zombie movies just because it's very tongue in cheek. It's very, it's very gritty and grimy looking tooth, which kind of adds to the effects. A lot of stop motion, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, bad taste. So the plot is, it's about this group called the boys who work for the Astro Investigation and Defense Service, AIDS. And so they're working for this company and apparently aliens have landed and so they go into this town and we're in the midst of this battle. All the aliens in this movie, initially, you can identify them because they're all walking around in blue shirts. So, yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, very interesting choice, so you know who who's who. I would have liked to have seen down the line in this movie, someone turns into one of the aliens and then he rips off the shirt that he currently has. And underneath is a blue shirt to, to show that he's turned into an alien. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But, you know, other than that, it's not really ruined the movie for me. So the movie opens and basically you get like a shadowy thing. You hear a very New Zealand accent coming through the radio telling them to call the boys. You see the man checking his phone. It's got mum and the boys at the bottom. One of the main heroes, Barry, he is a very scruffy looking guy. He's got this black skullet. And it's a skullet and just a scruffy thing. And he looks like he's just mugged a tramp and is wearing his clothes. He's being chased by one of the aliens in blue with an axe. And as he's going on, we we get an idea on what this movie is. It's very cheesy, very action-orientated. It's shot decently, but you can, you can feel the budget pouring through the screen. You can see that once Peter Jackson, he actually improves on that in other movies... But since this was his first one and he's very much an amateur, he it's you can clearly see it, but there's a little flair to there that you can feel. So as he's doing this, uh, Barry is his name, the knacker, who robbed a homeless man and has a skullet, shoots the alien in the face multiple times, so much so that the top of his head is missing. Pretty good. As this is happening, we have um, a voice going over the radio warning, and apparently you can see everything, and he's like yelling, nice shot, and stuff like that. We then pan over to uh, who that is, and it's uh, Peter Jackson, dressed up like an anorak. An anorak in England is a very nerdy-looking person wearing like a long jacket, binoculars, usually trained spot, spotting. He's that kind of person. And he's one of the boys, along with Barry. His name is Derek. All the boys in this movie, like the boys, they look like a bunch of lads that you see in the park getting drunk and then fighting kids because they want to sit on the swings, even though they wasn't there recently. They just saw some kids on the swings went, hey, no one goes on the swings but us. So they beat up the kids and then immediately walk away because they just want to leave the swings as is. Uh, Derek, so like I said, Derek, the, uh, he wants a brain sample because he wants to test these aliens. He, and he's making, he's asking Barry and, Bar- and Barry's like, no, I'm having any of it. Uh, we were also introduced to, and they don't like, they barely share any scenes with each other. Um, like Derek and Barry don't share many scenes with the other two characters, Ozzy and Frank. There's bits here and there, 
but it's it's like it's almost like they just this schedule didn't work out and so they had to just film separate sections and then just look at and then just like just react like i'm over there but you're right there yeah no i'm a director but right now we're doing this so that we can get it sorted we can't shit no no just get it done and so this movie actually took four years to film and it's clear there's uh one scene where peter jackson plays two characters every actor in this movie pretty much plays two different people uh you got uh, peter jackson playing derek and he also plays one of the head aliens robert and Robert looks more like Peter Jackson than Derek does. It, it basically looks like Peter Jackson. When you think of Peter Jackson, this is what Robert looks like. And there's actually a scene where Derek and uh, Robert are fighting on a hill. And it's just, it, it was actually shot. Well, this is a part of Peter Jackson's creativity and what he's done. Uh, I really appreciated what he did with this because it's a limited budget they couldn't get many actors the most known actor was someone who did the voice and even then it was kind of gravelly so i think they kind of just walked up to him and go hey can you just say i'm gonna kill you and he just looks and goes i'm gonna fucking kill you and like you've got it make sure you sign this (laughs) you know because none of the actors are, are like known apart from one who ended up working on like a soap None of the actors are known apart from Peter Jackson, who who didn't even become an actor. He ended up becoming a major director. So as this is happening, uh, Barry is basically chasing after the aliens and he sees a bunch around his shed and he sneaks in. And then he manages to tip him out off somehow. And in a funny scene, the aliens all come together, just grab one alien and then just start using him as a battering ram. And the funny shot is you see it, and every time you see the uh, alien, his head's getting more and more red. And he's looking at the camera, like, with this big grin. And it's just so charming that I just couldn't stop laughing. Just because every time it, it po- brought him back, it was just this big grin or, like, this he's, like, waving his head at the camera. But then Derek um, is torturing himself, Robert. Same actor, but different characters and they're screaming so everyone starts chasing after because robert is screaming and then we get a cool scene where well kind of a funny scene actually where derek is um he pulls out an uzi out of this bag which just has everything inside and he just starts blitzing the forest not seeing anything if you remember that scene from predator where they basically just fire off into the woods imagine that but just with some dork and an uzi and less cool and that's pretty much the scene. But it, it's so funny just the way they make an attempt. An attempt was made. And then he realizes that a bullet and an alien is... The alien, the battering ram alien is actually chasing after him. He turns around and starts making a noise. And the alien starts like selling it like he's being shot in the chest. And I had to laugh at that because it's, just, it's so absurd. A lot of the stuff in this movie is so absurd. But it adds to the charm in my, in my opinion. This this is my opinion, so I really enjoyed that aspect. And then eventually, he basically manages to shoot the shit out of him, and then the alien lands on him as he has Uzi in his hand, and then starts shooting through his back in like a pretty cool scene. The van- like I said, the violence is fantastic. Bodies are getting torn apart. You see, um, he shoots one alien as he's on the cliff, and then his arm re- rears back, and a hammer smashes another alien, and his arm tears off. It's very violent, uh, but it's comically violent too. And apparently Peter Jackson did most of the effects by himself. And the the aliens at the end are actually made 
using Peter Jackson's mum's cooker. Uh, he made the mask and then solidified them using his mum's cooker. Derek ends up dying. I'm doing uh, quotations here. Uh, basically, Derek and uh, Robert are fighting and Derek falls off the cliff and you just see this big blood splatter. Barry ends up walking by him and then he's talking to Ozzy and Frank who are still in the car somewhere. And he's like, he's gone toes up. It's so like kiwi it's funny but it just adds to it like i said i i had a good time watching this movie but then we get this weird unknown dude uh, apparently he's selling something called bread it, it's an anagram for something but i didn't properly look into it he's being chased by the peter jackson alien who's he was eating some brains out of the guy who died at the start of it and then there's a bit where he starts chasing after him, and this is where the four-year footage comes from. Because you see him walking, and it looks like a, a skit. You know, when you think of Peter Jackson, you think of a big guy. And this was like Peter Jackson when he was young. This was like 20 years before Lord of the Rings, maybe a little bit earlier. This is this one shot, and it looks like Peter Jackson now is he's running. Like, he's a bigger dude. And then it cuts back to him, and he's, he's small again. So I wonder if they're like, we've got to add more shots of me running. Oh, shit, I've kind of put up couple of pounds on so i may as well uh, give <laughs> i may i may as well just make it quick a false priest then manages to get get to a house and he's tapped by a chef the state of this chef he just looks like a big lad in a chef's hat and there's scenes where he's fighting and he's lifting his arms and his gut slopping out and as someone who i'm very conscious when it comes to my gut falling out of my shirt this was like making me cringe because the fat confidence on this guy was beautiful <laughs> we, we do get a funny scene because peter jackson character robert is looking on and then they're all like laughing at him uh, the leaders just said we're gonna eat you you know with plenty of herbs and spices make some kfc references and then the chef's kind of like does a cutthroat and as robert peter jackson's character looks on he slices his throat trying to do it but he actually has it like the knife to his throat slits it and blood starts pouring out uh, you know just some of the physical comedy, like I said, is pretty funny. So, apparently, uh, Derek survives. Uh, he looked like he pretty much got fucked up and just dropped from a great height. But apparently, a bunch of seagulls in a nest cushioned his fall. So, he gets up and there's just, like, destroyed seagulls with blood pouring out of the mouth under him. But the thing is, he bashed the back of his head and a huge part of his cranium was just dangling out. And apparently, a bit of his brain fell out, too. So he, he like pops it back in and throughout the movie he keeps spasming. So he ends up popping it in and then using a belt to tie around his head just to keep his uh, brain, you know, brain in. We then get the boys sneaking into the house. They, they know where to go now. That uh, This is like towards the final uh, mission. Like I said, we get a glimpse of the main alien. Um, very well done. Uh, it kind of builds up. It All you see is his hand and just the outline. Very, very nicely put together. And uh, the big alien plot, and I actually enjoyed this just because it added to the camp. This movie doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's very satirical in its nature. It's a play up on alien movies, play up on action movies done in a new zealand way and so the big thing is uh the aliens have come to earth they're gonna find people cut them up and then sell them onto the open market as fast food basically they're gonna make them into make humans and so 
everyone starts freaking out. As this happens, we get this really cool scene with a, where they grab an alien, drop him to the ground, and this, this alien was pretty fucked up in itself, and this isn't even makeup, the guy just had two teeth. You know when they have like those two fang-like teeth and then nothing else? He had that, so they twist his head off and then pull it out, and you still get like the spine stem and everything like that, like Mortal Kombat with Sub-Zero, and then the guy just kicks it out the window and goes, I still got it. A lot of quips. And I, I, I just generally enjoyed some of the quit. Uh, during this, Robert Peter Jackson's character is in room and they pick him up and he starts vomiting in his own insides, which apparently is like a gruel. I think it's like kind of their version of a milkshake. Um, they basically sell you meat and then use your insides as blood. Um, I believe, I don't know if it's, uh, yes, it's Frank that is in there. And they're passing the bowl again, all the other aliens to drink it. And then Frank drinks it. And you can kind of see that he enjoyed it. And I was expecting Frank to turn out to, to actually transform into an alien from this part. But didn't turn out to do, to actually happen, which was a shame. I would love to have seen him rip that shirt open to reveal something blue underneath. After a barrel in the house, we go back to Gar- Derek, who's apparently now wearing a top hat. I don't know where that came from. Uh, kind of a plot hole. He steals this weird looking car. I don't know if he steals it or if it's his, but it's like this double decker car. And then in the bottom, it's like one of those float cars. And in the bottom section of the car, is these cutouts of the Beatles and it looks like they're driving the car. It's a very, very weird, uh, stylistic choice, but apparently Peter Jackson likes to include that type of car in every one of his movies apart from Lord of the Rings because that would have taken people out of the aesthetic. Uh, highlights in, uh, the big battle includes, uh, Derek testing it, basically runs into an alien and cuts him in half with a car. And then he goes, he flips out, grabs a chainsaw and then Slices its head off in some awesome faction. A bunch of aliens are, get, uh, if you remember in PlayStation 1 games, when you would, when the AI will be so bad that they're just walking in a line towards you. This is pretty much what happens in this movie. Barry has a gun, he's pointing and he's shooting, and guys are just walking into the bullets. Robert getting machete, uh, Robert ends up getting killed. He gets a machete in his throat and he's just dangling and it ends up upsetting the leader. So the leader ends up getting shot by Barry as well. And then he starts violently shaking and we finally see the full costume. And honestly, for the budget and for what it is, it actually looked pretty impressive. I liked it. You can clearly see the actor's eyes underneath. But other than that, it looked really cool. Uh, they, they didn't use any contacts. It was just regular eyes. If they would have had like red eyes underneath, it would have like worked. But unfortunately, uh, they didn't. But uh, I really enjoyed that aspect. So the boys end up escaping initially from the aliens. But they decide to come back to finish the job. As this is happening, now all of the aliens are transformed. And it's weird because you got the cool costumes. But then as they turn around, they got like these baboon style assholes. You just, like these, they're not bright and red, but they're like pink color. I think that was kind of part of the humor. Derek now has basically got lost his goddamn mind. And he's just running around the house, chainsawing anything in motion. He even scares off Frank and Ozzy, who are just terrified when they see him. Um, even down to Derek kills an alien, pops his head open, grabs a piece of alien brain and puts it in his own head. He's pretty much lost his goddamn mind. And then another cool scene as well is we get, they managed to, as um, the, the leader is holding down Frank and Ozzy, they're just shooting and they managed to get to a rocket launcher. 
The rocket launch goes through, misses the leader, and then it hits the sheep. Apparently in the movie, they wanted to include a lot more sheep-based humor because it's, you know, New Zealand. Uh, there was no sheep-based humor in New Zealand until the movie Black Sheep came out, which is about killer sheep. And actually has a joke about a guy having sex with a sheep, creating a demonic sheepman hybrid. Uh, that might be down the line as well, especially if I can get someone who's Welsh, because you know about the Welsh. The movie ends with the alien escaping on bo- with uh, Derek on board. Uh, Derek eventually slices the fuck out of the alien, and this, the spaceship in this movie is literally a goddamn house. It's just a house floating in. Derek, aka Peter Jackson, really chews the fucking scenery and yelling, uh, "Suck my spinning steel shithead!" He then dives down towards the alien through his mouth, out of his asshole. And then gives birth to himself while yelling that he's born again. And then the movie ends with him basically screaming at the aliens going, I'm coming to get you, you bastards, while putting on the skin of the leader over his body as he flies towards the uh, the alien homeworld and plans to basically massacre everybody. I would love to see a modern day sequel to this about, it's like a, it's like a horror movie about this homicidal maniac in in alien skin killing the aliens where it's they're just like minding their own business where this maniac who feels he's been sly because they tried to make him into food is now just killing all these aliens so uh, that's my uh, that's my pitch for bad taste too hopefully peter jackson's listening he's probably not but if anyone knows peter jackson tell him i've got an idea so uh yeah that was bad taste um i did find myself not enjoying it as much on my own um this is definitely a group movie uh i really enjoyed it but i feel this is the type of movie you need a a bunch of people to to sit with and laugh at this movie enjoy this movie um it it promotes a discussion about how funny shit's going on how funny it looks so uh yeah if you're definitely watching this movie um, I wouldn't recommend this if you're very squeamish because there's a lot of blood, a lot of gore. Um, it's not realistic gore, so if you're okay with that kind of thing, it might work for you. Uh, if you're expecting a Lord of the Rings, do not watch this movie. It is few and far between a Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, the closest thing is probably the looks of the aliens looks like an old. That's pretty much the closest thing. So, yes, so we will be right back. And uh, I'm going to talk about movies I've watched recently because I need a topic right now. So be right back, guys. So I am back and I'm going to be talking movies that I've watched recently. So let's begin from the top. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about movies I've also watched in England because I had a bit of free time and I, want, I wanted to taste some of that sweet, sweet, sweet popcorn. Because uh, in Winnipeg, mainly Canada, they only do salted butter popcorn. Whereas in England, we have two options. We have salted or sweet. I love my sweet popcorn. Uh, so much so, I'm I, I probably getting killed by it. So I managed to make sure that I went to the England cinemas as much as possible. So I can taste that sweet, sweet popcorn. <laughs> I said sweet a lot. You can tell that I enjoy it. So the first movie I watched whilst I was in England was... Uh, Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. And, jeez, I think this movie could be one of my top ten movies. Well, probably top five movies of the year. As a fan of Spider-Man, as a fan of comic books, as a fan, I loved it. 
and as a man that I enjoy animation, but I've fallen out of it so much recently. I barely watch a Pixar movie. I I just have no vested interest, but I watched this movie on a whim. I was like, I have some time. Someone else wants to watch Aquaman with me. I'm just going to go by myself and watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And just watching this movie, just the way it shot, it really, really, it was really, really good. Really well done. The different art styles for the different characters was a creative, creatively interesting. The voice casting was good. It has one of my favorite Stanley cameos, which is mainly situational because, uh, spoiler alert, um, Spider-Man dies, uh, Peter Parker dies in this movie and it ends up Miles Morales takes over and a bunch of other Spider-Man from the dimensions come in. And as Miles Morales is wondering, what should I do? Because I I don't have a mentor. I don't know what I'm doing. And I just miss Spider-Man. And you see Stan Lee show up as a costume guy. And he's like, I miss him. And it's just, considering that he recently passed when that movie came out, I do admit I got a bit teary-eyed in the theater because of what he's done and the fact that Yes, everyone who is a fan of comic books will miss Stanley. And so it was kind of upsetting uh, to check that out. And um, yeah, it's a great story. Nicolas Cage was fantastic. I don't know many of the actors. I didn't follow them up. But uh, the, the after credit scene is one of my favorite too. It, it's very meme but it's hilarious. Uh, so after that, I ended up watching the new Aquaman. And... I enjoy it. I enjoyed it really much. I enjoyed it as a spectacle. I enjoyed that they, in my opinion, didn't follow through on him being a hero. Of all the people, he's mainly a hero for his own people, which is very true to um, the Aquaman mythos. He's very much focused on making sure that Atlantis is safe and... Hopefully, eventually, sequels will come into that where his isolation from the outside world eventually comes to haunt him. But I pretty much enjoyed it. I pretty much enjoyed the setup. Uh, The main villain um, was really good, Ocean Master. Uh, Surprisingly, Dolph Lundgren was in this movie, and I'm like, man, this is like a bit of a comeback. Like, you're great in Creed 2. You're very decent in this. the guy uh, who played uh, Black Manta was really good. I really the Black Manta character as a look, in my opinion, is very hokey, but they managed to pull it off in a way that actually worked. And especially they even do the the original style Aquaman costume with the blue and the gold, and they managed to make it look badass with Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Kind of carry is carrying the if the DC universe has continued to be a thing, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, in my opinion, will be the perfect guy to carry it in the way that Thor did. But you kind of still need your Captain America, your Iron Man. But it's a good starting block. Um, get Wonder Woman, get Aquaman. If you got them to add a couple more, I don't think Henry Cavill will be able to do that. Granted, he is a good Superman, but he's not a great Superman. And for Superman to be a figurehead and to not pull his weight, it's not going to work out. 
I'm do, I do hope with the DC movies, apparently they don't know what's going on. They don't know about co- continuity. My idea I had was that they they just fuck continuity. DC has this multi-universal concept. Why don't you go for it? Go for it, do it, build up all these cool stories. And if you want to do that big event, do Crisis on Infinite Earth, combine them all, and then pick the best pieces from everything and make this one big movie and then have your universe that way. You you you, you screwed the pooch, you tried to play catch-up. Now it's time to play the waiting game by introducing these good movies because DC will not work. Marvel drew the blueprint and then they threw it away. And now DC's trying to play catch up. In my opinion, they originally should have done a reverse. They should have introduced every single character in the Justice League movie, have their own moments. And then from there, depending on the, the success, do individual movies from there. But instead, they, they, they went straight into the main event stuff. You know, Batman vs. Superman and Doomsday. They were trying to front load it too much when they should have had like taken it from Avengers, an alien invasion, and the aliens come in, and then Superman is struggling, and then Batman comes in, and then Wonder Woman comes in, the Flash, uh, Aquaman, whoever you need comes in. You could have done it like the cartoon. You could have had a white Martian invasion. And then just, you know, you got faceless enemies, and they're just try- wiping them out, but they're struggling because white marshals are pretty tough. But unfortunately, now they're having these problems with these movies are coming out. It's confu- and more and more movies that come out and that go against the original continuity. It's just ruining everything for everyone. Uh, I would like to see them buckle down or maybe just go for Elseworlds stories until they can finally come up with something and buckle down some names. But right now, they're struggling. Other movies I saw... Um, I recently just watched uh, The Escape Room. That was like my most recent movie. I haven't had a chance to see much movies. Uh, I enjoyed The Escape Room. There was some issues I had with it, uh, which is very much of the time. This was very meticulously planned, like to a T. And I liked the aspect that they set up. But I enjoyed it. I've forgotten about it though. That's the thing. There was nothing memorable in it. Uh, good actors. But other than that, not much in the way for me to carry on. Like, I will not think about this again. Um, unless they bring in a sequel and I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, so like I said, the next movie I'm going to be watching is uh, Glass. I, I swore off M. Night's Shyamalong after, um, what was it? The Village? I didn't even see The Village. I didn't even see signs. I think I was like, okay. And then I kind of came back for the happening just because I heard it was so bad it was good. And then I went right back out. I saw, I, ca- I half saw Avatar Airbender, but I watched that with fresh, fresh eyes. And even I knew that it was bad. I never watched Avatar The Last Airbender, the cartoon series. But I watched this and I'm like, this is pretty fucking terrible. So, um, and then I left. Um, I watched Devil. Apparently, he had a huge hand in that. Kind of enjoyed that. Left the visit initially, but then I saw it on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Gave it a shot. Kind of happy I was dead. 
And then I was like, you know what? If he's going back to a more of a horror aesthetic, like with uh, signs and that lot, then all, all for it. I watched I watched uh, Split and blew my mind, especially the end credits, which if you if you know it now, it's a secret sequel to his uh, second movie, Unbreakable. Pretty much, I'm looking for the glass. Apparently, it's getting bad reviews, so it makes me worry because this is meant to be a big conclusion to the story and it's getting bad reviews and I'm very scared because I would love to see a good ending to this trilogy. Unfortunately, it, it might not happen, but apparently fans are pushing back. Um, when it comes to like critics and fans, it's very hard to determine because sometimes fans are skewed by their love for a director that they think, or critics are so hard that they're in the wrong place at the wrong time when they're watching a movie and it ruins their experience. Sometimes they, they've come in with these beliefs on what they want to see. They watch it and they go, this ain't for me. Especially with horror. A lot of a lot of stuff like horror is dumped on because it's not made for them. It's made for people that are, either want to be scared, want to enjoy, want to see some cool twists. And, and uh, stuff like that. So I'm very interested to see with Glass. And I might even do like a little mini segment after I watch Glass. Uh, but yeah, so um, I'm, I might um, next episode after the fact do like a little mini blurb on what I thought about Glass. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, Beaver's movies. I've actually been talking for a long time. I should be pretty surprised. Uh, I hope you enjoy my voice. I actually got some new equipment. Uh, I'm a tech head in, in trade. Well, in trade by I love new gadgets and that lot. So I got some, new, I got a new microphone, got a new stand, new mixer, and pretty much enjoying it. So yeah, guys, if you uh, enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. We have the um, we have the donate button at the end of every episode. If you want to donate and make, get me a cup of coffee. I'm currently in the process of going through Starbucks a lot because they have a rewards program, so I'm trying to get to uh, gold member status, which is kind of hard right now. <laughs> Not that I'm broke, it's just it's 300 points, and I get like four, six points per drink. So take that for what you will. And um, my email is uh, beaverdoesmovies at gmail.com. Um, Twitter is at beaverdoes. Uh, Instagram is beaverjmm. We've got the Facebook, Beaver, Beaver Does Movies. Just search it all up there. Um, if you guys are listening uh, and you got a comment, you got a recommendation for a movie, even a guest, I, I really want to up the interaction between me and, and the listeners. I nearly said fans and I nearly cringed out my fucking skin, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is 2019. I'm hoping this is the last solo. I'm going to book as many motherfuckers as I can. Bring them in. Get that shit done. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Uh, Check out Bad Taste. Thank you very much, guys. And have a great evening.